Hi. Hello. It's Rachel. And Lexi. And we're back for episode two of Secrets in Nature. Secrets in Nature almost sounds like fake words to me at this point because I feel like I'm saying it constantly because I'm telling everyone I know to listen and I it just plays in a loop in my head since it's new and exciting and it's yeah. just living there rent free. So it just sounds fake. Anyway, we're back with episode two. I hope you listened to last week's episode about yeah. the fast fashion industry. Hope you liked it. And I just want to make a note that we fully intend to work on our speaking. I will do everything <laughs> in my power to say the word like less for the listener's sake and for my own ears so that they don't bleed as much while I'm editing. I'm going to try to say so less because I definitely say so way too many times. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're going to get better. It's just going to take time. Um, I also wanted to address that last week we started off with a pretty heavy topic, I think, and um, the majority of episodes will be much more lighthearted and positive. I don't think the majority of our episodes will hold nearly as much intense weight as far as the topic goes. Yeah, they'll be a little bit funner to talk about, I think, and not so much on the topic of mass destruction and destroying the planet <laughs> no not every episode is going to like depress us yeah and talk about how the earth is dying we want to talk about a lot more like magical things that have to do with the earth and things that can benefit you i also think that our last episode was like extremely long because there was so much yeah. to be said about the topic and we had to introduce ourselves introduce the podcast and we honestly could probably even make a second episode about the fashion industry down the line if we really wanted to because that's how much information there is yeah it's a loaded topic loaded topic but today's episode will most likely be much shorter and i say that now but watch us just (laughs) go on more tangents because it's hard for rachel and i to stop talking in general so we'll see in case you needed a podcast refresher this podcast is all about how humans affect nature and how nature affects humans And last week, we talked about fast fashion, which is one major way we affect the environment. So now, this week, we're going to switch things up, and we're going to talk about how the environment affects us. Yes. Okay. So on today's episode, oh my God, I already said so. (laughs) We're going to be discussing the topic of ecotherapy. I recently learned about it and thought it was really fascinating. I think after the year we've all had, everyone could use a little bit of therapy, But talking to a therapist... Or a lot of therapy. Yeah. But of course, that costs money, and it's very difficult for people to open up to a stranger. Uh, For me personally, I've never gone to therapy, and that's probably why, because it makes me nervous to think about talking to a stranger about my problems and opening up that can of worms. So if you're also on that boat, I'm right there with you. But ecotherapy is something that maybe we all could explore It might not be as effective as person-to-person therapy, but it's something everyone has access to, and generally, it's free. It's free. Ecotherapy is free. Our planet just has it ready for us whenever we need it, and it's just a matter of whether or not we want to take advantage of it. Okay, sorry if you can hear a a vacuum in the background. It's done now. Um, if anyone wants to Venmo one of us to help fund a studio for our podcast, so, <laughs> so we don't have to listen to vacuuming or my boyfriend was just playing guitar a second ago and I told him to stop. <laughs> All right. So we should talk about the definition of ecotherapy because I'm sure not a lot of people know about it. Um, so I got this from the National Center for Biotechnology Information. It's based on theories of eco psychology 
It's an area of psychology that embraces ecology and aims to be holistic in theory and practice. It connects the health of human beings to the health of the earth and its natural ecosystems. It's what the word implies, that you can get therapy from connecting to your surrounding ecosystems and understanding that you are a part of it, not separate. The benefits associated with a simple walk in nature can reduce anxiety, keep your spirits high, and even improve memory. My definition of ecotherapy that I wrote down here is from goodtherapy.org. And it says ecotherapy is also known as, quote, nature therapy or green therapy. And sometimes stems from the belief that people are part of the web of life and that our psyches are not isolated or separate from our environment. So that's pretty much another way of saying exactly what you just said. Yeah, so humans take advantage of what the earth has to offer us. And a lot of it is due to the fact that there's no monetary value to walking through a forest or sitting by a lake. And we have a hard time putting value on something that's free. If you think about what the forest offers, it's far greater than any amount of money, though. Money is just a thing that humans made up. And the various it's ecosystems... Fake. Yeah. <laughs> we You don't need it to survive. And the various ecosystems around the world is what gives us life, not money. And technically, in our society, we need money to survive. But as human being and beings and mammals, we don't need money. And we need to reevaluate what we consider to be valuable before it's too late. I mean, the majority of things in life, like time, money, work, capitalism, like it's all invented by humans. And people lose sight of the things that we're really meant to do as humans to begin with. So there's things that you could be doing every day to improve your health that are right there in nature that we just don't even think about anymore because our society has been so detached. Yeah, we're so far removed, but it's it's like right there in front of our face. So my definition that I have here um, that talks about how we're all part of the web of, web of life and that our psyches are not isolated or separate from our environment. If you don't remember from probably high school psychology, your psyche is basically just the, all the elements of your mind, both conscious and subconscious. So that was high school psychology, Sigmund Freud's, the good old id, ego, and superego. Your subconscious mind holds a lot more power than you think, probably way more than your conscious mind. And as far as the web of life goes, we're all connected. I personally believe that humans or all living things really are just the universe experiencing itself. And even if you don't even want to go as far as to say that, there's at least really no denying that you and the environment around you are made up of the same exact energy. Yeah. People don't realize how connected everything is, really. And that we're all part of the... We all came from the same source at some point. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we and don't know where. I feel <laughs> like when you, you, you can study so many different religions and so many ways of thinking from different cultures and their theories on how the world came about. And they really are all such similar stories when you really mm-hmm. think about it. But no one really knows. Like, the universe is so unknown to all, to us, and we can't even comprehend, really, what it entails because it's so large and never-ending, like, for what we know. The universe is always expanding. But is, is there an end to it? Who knows? We don't know. I have another definition of ecotherapy from Healthline.com. 
which says ecotherapy is an approach that rests on the idea that people have a deep connection to their environment and to the earth itself. In this same line of thinking, failing to nurture this connection can take a toll on your well-being, particularly your mental health, which is what we're going to get into when we dissect this topic here. I know you have a lot of studies written down that you're going to talk about, but just the main bullet that I have is just that studies have shown that spending time in nature reduces symptoms of depression, anger, and stress, which are all things that we widely struggle with as a society. Yes. Yeah, so I guess I'll just start on the first study that I looked into. This theory wasn't tested until the 1970s because ecotherapy is relatively new in the science community. Um, It's not like it's been studied for centuries or anything. So Roger Ulrich examined the psychological influence of scenes of nature on stress-experienced students. He had the students view scenes of nature and then scenes of urban settings. They caused very different reactions. The natural settings gave positive feelings of friendliness, affection, joy, and playfulness. The urban settings gave a feeling of sadness and increased feelings of aggression and anger. When he measured the brain activity, the natural settings showed that it increased the production of serotonin. He also conducted the well-known experiment where he measured the recovery times of patients with window views of nature versus urban settings. The patients with natural views had less anxiety. It also showed that patients in rooms with flowers and plants required less post-operative medications and had a better overall experience in the end. Yes, I have specifically that study here. Um, the study that he did on heart surgery patients in intensive mm-hmm. care units, and they all needed less medication. Just well, the ones that looked at the photos and videos of trees and water and stuff needed less pain medication, which is insane. It is crazy, and I would just like to add a little bit of information from my own experience because I did live in an apartment once that when I was living in Queens, New York that it was off campus. So like my campus had a lot, a great lawn and trees and stuff. So there was a little bit of nature, even though it wasn't the city. But this particular apartment, it was like 20 minutes from my campus and there was no parks nearby, nothing. And I suffered really badly from anxiety and I actually had super bad nightmares, which I don't normally have, but I still remember them. And they were the type of nightmares where you're running from something and you can't get away pretty much. And it was just that feeling of being trapped. And there was nowhere really for me to go to like be in nature and just feel relaxed and like be with myself. Cause like even my um my what do you call it? Oh my balcony. Uh if I went out on my balcony, I'm overlooking a busy street. Like there was nowhere to go. And I think that stress of being in the city with no outlet really did um, put a toll on my mental health. And a lot of people deal with that because a lot of people live in cities and don't have access to like a forest or a park. Yeah, I'm very fortunate because I live in an apartment in like kind of right outside of Philly and I have a hiking trail right next to my building and I'm so fortunate to have it. I mean, right now it's 30 degrees so I'm not really doing much outside but in warmer months it's very but even nice. your view is just so nice to look out and you can yeah see I have the a trees. lot of trees and we talked about um that youtuber last week Jonah Jan mm-hmm. 
I think her name is, and she lives in the wilderness of Sweden, and she lived in, I think, Stockholm for years in the busiest city in Sweden, and she just couldn't take it anymore, and she knew she would thrive so much better in the wilderness. So yeah, that's how I felt after my four years living in Queens, and yeah. I still love the city, and I would still live in a city, but I don't think I could live my whole life in a city or a no. long period of time, maybe like a couple years at most. On the topic of just a view, how much of a view outside your window can do, I have here that a study done by Rachel Kaplan found that office workers who had a view of nature from a window performed higher and reported more satisfaction at their job than people who didn't have a view or didn't have a window at all. Yeah, I put my desk right in front of my window. I mean, it looks out on my street, but I have like a big tree on my front lawn, so I mostly see that. But I feel like it's a lot better to look at that than the wall. You know, it's I mean, something... I don't have any windows at my job, but that's the television studio life True. for you. Natural least... light doesn't look as good on camera. Yeah. But at least you're, like, walking around doing stuff. You're not sitting. Yeah. I have, there. I have a very active job, which I prefer. I'm not a desk person. All right. So this study is from ScienceDaily.com, and it was a study led by Dr. Carrie or Sari, not sure how to say it, Phelps, of the University of Wales, Trinity St. David. And it was done to see if nature would give any benefits on a small scale for a group of women with breast cancer. The women were given garden bowls to tend to for three months. And I think that's just a big bowl and it has different kinds of plants in it. And it was recorded and they had to record their feelings in journal entries. The experiment gave the women feelings of positivity and meeting. One quote from a patient was, the garden bowl could help you deal with whatever you have left behind. Not everyone has access to forests or gardens, so this this really shows that even something as small as caring for a plant can have a positive effect on a person. Those positive feelings can contribute to being healthier all around, and I know for me, when I'm in a good mental state, I take care of myself and make healthier decisions. I only recently started buying plants for my house, um, it's kind of hard with a cat because I know Rachel just got me a, a <laughs> yeah, fern she killed it. for Christmas. I didn't kill it. <laughs> Rachel got me a fern for Christmas and a really cute pot. And my cat just really loved ripping it out. And I, we tried it. We, we replanted it like 12 times. And the poor guy just <laughs> couldn't live another day. He didn't have a chance. So it is difficult with a cat. But um, I did just start recently. I have other plants. I got an aloe plant. And I got, what was the other plant that I got? I think it was a silver sprinkles plant. But anyway, taking care of them really does improve my mood. Just watering them in the morning makes me feel better. Yeah, I have a bunch of plants in my room. And I'm actually looking at my one plant. It's a it's a really popular plant that most people have. It's the ones that get really viney. And I have one. I'm staring at it right now. It was droopy for weeks. All I had to do was just give it a really good like soak the entire thing and now it's actually popping up again and all it took was my ground coming into my room and be like oh my god Rachel give me that plant you need to <laughs> water it and I'm like I did water it but clearly not enough so I'm your grandma gave it some TLC and now she's yeah, thriving she's, and she told me she's shopping for fake flowers or fake plants for me because apparently she thinks I'm just gonna kill everything but hey I've had the <laughs> same aloe plant for four years now and it's still going yeah i can keep something alive 
I mean, my I, my aloe plant, my cat did rip off one of the arms, but it already is growing back. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty it's resilient. Okay. Yeah, but it, they re- My plants make me happy when I see them. But, like, when I look at my plants, they're just, like, my little babies. Because yeah. you have to take care of them or they die. So even though they're not, like, an animal that, like, does anything, you still have to nurture it. And if you say nice <laughs> things to it, then they grow nicer. I give them little kisses on the leaves sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, oh, there's been so many studies done where if you say kind things to your plant and you, like, baby talk them, they grow so much nicer than if you don't. So, I was going to say than if you say mean things to them, but I don't think anyone's saying mean things to their plants. But talk to your plants. They can hear you. They're alive. I read in an article on theatlantic.com, if you hold moist soil for 20 minutes, the soil bacteria actually elevates your mood. And I read a study about that, too. Yeah, it basically was just proving that all the, I mean, I'm going to say this loosely because <laughs> as someone who's actually struggled with depression in my life, I know it's not this easy, but um, they made a note that all the antidepressants you ever need are really just right in the ground. And again, I'm saying that loosely, take it with a grain of salt, but um, I think people underestimate the power that just being outside in nature has on your mental health. Yeah, and to further on that study, um, I read one where they were studying it on mice. So they were giving the mice the yes, bacteria. Yes, I have this. I have this too. I love this. Yeah, it's Go ahead. called Mycobacterium vaccae. Vaccae. Yeah, I think it's I'm myco- saying that my- wrong. Mycobacterium vaccae. Okay. That's so, the bacteria found in soil, by the way. Yeah, and that's what it shows to increase your serotonin levels. So, and depression yeah. is basically your lack, your lacking producing lack serotonin. Lack of serotonin. Yeah. So yeah, this study that was done literally showed a serotonin rise in the brains of mice just um, based off of that bacteria that's found in soil. If scientists can somehow use that bacteria to treat depression in a natural way, that would be really cool in the future. Well, it's... It's it has the similar effect. So like the the bacterial found in soil that has the power to increase the serotonin in your brain. It's just it's just it's the same thing as Prozac or similar mm-hmm. medications. It's just the natural equivalent of it. Yeah, but I mean not everyone has access to soil. So if they can somehow extract it and turn it into like a medicine. I mean maybe they already have, I don't know. But I haven't heard of it. Yeah. So that could be something in the future. I also I also read something crazy um also on the Atlantic article that apparently in an 1863 issue of the Atlantic the magazine when tuberculosis was believed to account for one third of all deaths in the civilized world a physician wrote in this 1863 magazine quote no doubt the lives of thousands would be saved by destroying their houses and compelling them to sleep in the open air so obviously that's like very dramatic but as a society we tell sick people to stay in bed that's pretty much the number one thing we say stay home stay in bed and of course right now i'm not going to be the one saying if you're sick to go outside like i'm not going to say that right now (laughs) in 2021 (laughs) not with airborne illnesses not no 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 but um, it just goes to show that people in the 1800s were literally saying, um, go outside if you're sick. And they thought the lot, that so many people's lives would be saved if they did that. I think that's, that's crazy. Interesting. All right. So this is another study I found on the website Good Therapy. 
and it was conducted by psychologist Terry Hartig. Participants were asked to complete a 40-minute cognitive task designed to induce mental fatigue. Following the task, participants were randomly assigned 40 minutes of time to be spent in one of the three conditions, walking in nature, or walking in a nature preserve, walking in an urban area, or sitting quietly while reading magazines and listening to music. Participants who had walked in nature reported less anger and more positive emotions than those who engaged in the other activities. Right, so I feel like that study really shows that just being in nature makes a huge difference. I think sometimes we tend to, when we feel bad, we tend to just go back into our rooms. We just listen to music. Maybe we go on our phones. I'm so guilty but of that's, that. That's not really helping us as much as we might think it is. So just, I am the queen of the depression naps. <laughs> yeah. Like when I am pissed that was off me in high or school. upset, I I go in. Yeah, it's terrible. I just would go into my room and go on my phone and then go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. That's but so that's, counterproductive. I mean, it's hard to get out of that mindset. You have to like train yourself to not think that way. No, because when you're upset and you're mad or feeling depressed, the last thing you want to do is get up and go for a walk. Yeah, exactly. Well, just I'm just speaking for myself, but you just kind of have to force yourself. How can you take part in ecotherapy? There's lots of different ways and something for everyone. Everyone has different ecosystems around them depending on where they live. So not everyone may have a beautiful forest to walk in or a beach to go sit on, but this doesn't mean that you can't benefit from ecotherapy. So here's a few ways you can practice it. So the first one I have is my personal favorite. It's outdoor meditation and or yoga. Um, Meditation and yoga alone have phenomenal health benefits, but doing them outside really only adds to it. Again, where we live, it's like 30 degrees right now. So do what you can, but the, the spring months will be much more beneficial. Um, I haven't done a lot of outdoor yoga. I've done it once when I was on a three-day yoga retreat with my aunt in Massachusetts a couple years ago, but it was magical. My aunt is a certified yoga teacher, so she just kind of decided to teach her own little class with me and just a few other women in between the resort's actual scheduled classes, but we were on a hilltop looking over a forest, and it was September, so the trees were changing, and it was one of the more movie-level main character moments I've had in life. As far as meditating, I just recently started doing it on a somewhat regular basis. Life-changing, by the way. I want to do a whole, a whole episode on it if we can collect yeah. enough info. I'm sure we can. But um, I think personally, I get overwhelmed very easily. Like when I've talked to too many people in a day or I was on my phone too much and absorbed too much content, like my brain literally starts to feel like it's melting. That's the only way I can describe it. And meditation does wonders for me. Just deep breaths on their own do wonders. And that is still something that most people don't do throughout the day. Like we all breathe very shallowly as a whole, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, All we really need is for it to get warm out, honestly. Lots of things on this list will be much easier to do where we're from when it's no longer 40 degrees. I just like to add for meditation, you don't have to actually be in nature. If you think about nature while you're meditating, that can also be really helpful. Um, I'll play nature sounds maybe. Yeah. And it can detach you. If you, what I like to do is picture myself like sitting somewhere where I think it's really where I'd want to be. Like I always picture a field with like pretty flowers and like birds flying around and nature sounds and all that stuff. 
and that's kind of what I picture. And that's I feel amazing. Like that's my peaceful place. Where go to I'd go be. to your happy place. Like yeah. think of your own personal happy place. Are you happiest at the beach? Are you happiest by a lake? And just think of that. Exactly. And Visualization does wonders. It the power of visualization. We could also do a whole episode on that. Listen, I just like there's so much to unpack here. But visualization does wonders. If Jim Carrey can visualize him being a millionaire and then become a millionaire, then you can visualize some nature and pretend like you're there. All right, what's the next one? So the next one I have is probably what you would think of first when you think of ecotherapy. So um, I think this list was from goodtherapy.org, but they worded it as wilderness slash adventure therapy. So exactly what you think of hiking, camping, kayaking, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, I love that stuff. We actually did. It reminds me of that obstacle course we did in the Poconos. That's yes. an outdoor obstacle course. That's some good therapy. If you need to just get some yeah. anger out or anxiety <laughs> and you're like someone that likes physical fitness to go do an outdoor obstacle course it's very fun and you're like in a beautiful forest and you're doing an obstacle course yeah i don't know it's a good time just any anytime you can put your brain somewhere else like a place where it normally isn't like yeah even if you're just going on a hike I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump down here. The, the list also had something called forest bathing, which is basically the same thing. So a walk or a hike in nature, but adding the mindfulness aspect to it. So I think mm-hmm. we can kind of combine that right here. It's just trying to engage all of your senses when you're out in nature. So actively focusing on what can you hear? Like what's the furthest thing you can see? Exactly. And then you can also take that back to when you meditate. You can think back to those sounds and feelings and what you saw definitely so the next thing on the list is animal therapy and i also talked about a website called the good trade last week i'll probably talk about it a lot because i read their articles all the time and i learn so much from them so i'll probably be talking about it a lot but they have a list of 99 ways to add mindfulness to your day-to-day life and one of the li- one of the items on the list was that when you pet your cat or your dog or anyone's cat or dog say you don't have a pet at home when you pet a soft animal use that as a reminder to soften yourself like unclench your jaw relax your shoulders soft soften your thoughts by letting go of the intense ones for a second and just remind yourself that you're also a soft creature i loved that one <laughs> yeah when i pet my cat I, f- I get f- well even when I look at her I don't even have to be touching yeah. her I get filled with like so much joy I'm like I, know. I can never love anything as much as I love you my cat <laughs> will just be existing not doing anything special like right now he's just laying over there on my vanity bench and it- I just look at him and I'm like I would die for you like <laughs> he doesn't even have to be <laughs> exactly. doing anything and I'm like I would fully die for you yeah when I'm working <laughs> during the day my cat usually is on my bed so I'll, like, get up from my office and go look through my doorway at my cat. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I love you. And then it gives me, like, a little <laughs> boost of serotonin. And then I go back a to working. boost of serotonin. And even if you don't have a pet, like, I get the same kind of serotonin boost when I see someone else walking their dog by me. It just makes me happy. Yeah. One of my dreams in life is to do goat yoga, actually. I oh, think that is I a dream. That. Like, I w- I'm gonna look into it and see if I can do it for my 24th birthday this year, because I think it's actually my dream. Should. 
I just think being with animals is so therapeutic. I love animals. I know yeah. not everyone is really into animals, but I love them. And I find horseback riding to be really, really therapeutic. Going to a farm. Um, yeah, just anywhere where you can just observe animals and even pet them. I love to pet animals. <laughs> like farm animals. I love just sticking my face right up against my cat's face. Like, so we're just foreheads touching and just be like, <laughs> we are one. <laughs> I love to just put my face on his face and like say, we thing. are one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We are both children of the universe, Mr. Hex. We're connected. <laughs> he just doesn't know it. He thinks he's above me. But little does he know we're connected. <laughs> if you do not have pets... You could volunteer at your local animal shelter, yes. and that'd be a really great way to give back and also get some love from lots of pets that need it. Yes. When I was a freshman in college, I volunteered at PetSmart and worked in the cat room in the back. Only did it for one day because turns out my eyes get bloodshot and really itchy when I'm around more than two cats, but... It was it. It felt really good, and it was nice to just be around that many animals and know that you were making a difference. So look into the things you can do in your community to be around animals. Yeah. The other day, my boyfriend saw a stray cat in our parking lot in our building, and I was sitting upstairs in our apartment, and he called me, and he was like, "I found a little white kitten in the parking lot. I'm gonna bring him up." And I'm, I was mentally preparing for him to just bring up this stray cat, and I was like, "Oh my god, I hope Mr. Hex doesn't rip him apart." Like, I was so mentally prepared. I was like so excited. He was just trying to get his attention. What happened? I think he just ran away. I don't know. You should catch him. I know. Or her. Maybe it's a her. I would love oh, to have a white and black cat. I That'd know. Be cute. That's exactly what I said. I was like, we could have an all black cat and all white cat. It'd be so cute. Anyway, tangent. The next thing on this list is horticultural therapy, which is pretty much just the engagement in gardening or any plant based activities. So, we did already briefly talk about how therapeutic it is to have plants in your house, but gardening too. Yeah. My dad started a garden over the summer. Because, you know, he was home a lot because of Corona. And I, after reading all this, I was like, can we expand the garden? I want to grow more stuff. I know. I want to start growing my own herbs, like basil and parsley and stuff. That's what I want to start doing. Especially because buying fresh herbs at the supermarket is so annoying because I never use them all. And I always end up wasting most of them. So I want to start planting my own. I think that would be very therapeutic. There's companies that have like pre-made things that you can order and then they are all the seeds are already in it. You just have to put water on it and they grow. Yeah. And it's really easy. I would love to be at a point later in life where I have my own house and backyard and can like grow all my own produce. Like how sick would that be? You feel so accomplished. Okay, so I have one more thing to add to the list, and that's involvement in conservation activities. You can volunteer to do a beach cleanup start a compost bin, plant trees. Uh, My family has a compost bin. It does get full sometimes, so we don't always use it. But it's nice because you don't have to throw out all of your produce in the trash. It feels a little bit better knowing that it's going back into the ground. Because when you put it into the trash, it's going into that plastic bag. It's going to take way longer to compost in the dump than it is in your backyard. And then you can use it for your garden. So it's a win-win. So all these things are just 
things that you can start incorporating into your life when you have free time that would benefit you so much more than just watching Netflix, being on your phone. Like, being in your phone really just takes you away from the things that are... It takes you away from the real world, essentially. There's no there's no benefits that you're getting from your phone at all. Yeah. I feel like I watch other people be in nature, and then I'm like, I want to be there. But yeah. I... You know, you can. Just go outside. You know, it's not helping you just being jealous of other people and their lives when you should just go live your own life, you know? I know. I am tired of... Like, I had Instagram deleted for about three months, and I just recently redownloaded it back because of the podcast. But when you, when you have it deleted off your phone for that long and you're choosing not to look at those things, it just makes you realize that much more how not real it is. It's just not real. It's just a matter of what you're choosing to look at. Yeah, I didn't delete it, but I don't really go on ever. And it's so refreshing to not go on that anymore. So refreshing. I, it's literally a breath of fresh air yeah. to not go on it for a long time. I don't want to know what other people are doing. Like, I really don't care. But I know once you get on the app, you get into this cycle where you just keep scrolling and scrolling. Like, it's addictive. It's an addiction. Yeah, it's an addiction. Like, they actually did studies on it, and it's Have you an ever, addiction. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, watch it. It makes you feel like a robot, and I actually deleted Instagram because I watched that. And it's I hate when I'm scrolling and I feel how bad it is for my brain, and I feel I and I I think to myself I don't want to do this anymore. But you can't stop. It's literally insane. It's a fake reality, and you can choose whether or not to engage in it. And yeah, I think the exactly. amount of time that the average person spends on social media, and don't get me wrong, I still kept Twitter <laughs> just because so it makes me laugh and me I like too. to know what's going on. And I also kept TikTok too, so I'm actually pretty weak. But um, I spend so much time on those apps and none of it is even real. We live on this beautiful planet that gives us everything we could ever need, but mm-hmm. we choose to spend our time inside looking at, into other people's lives that aren't even reality and I feel like people from 100 years ago, or, or even 20 years ago, would see the concept of social media now and how absorbed we all are into it and be like, what is happening to people? You're missing out on the yeah, world that's, that's actually scary. in front of you. It's really sad. And I hope that we eventually move away from that because one day there might only be videos of a lot of things in nature no. that we take advantage of. And that's going to be really sad. The time you spend on your phone literally makes you more tired. And even if you don't notice it, it just... I think when people feel exhausted and stressed and overwhelmed at the end of the day, they tend to blame other things. So they'll blame work. They'll blame the traffic that they sat in, deadlines, whatever. They'll blame something else. Mm -hmm. And those can definitely be contributors. But if you also stop and be like, well, how much time was I on social media today? I almost guarantee that plays a part. It makes you more tired than you would have been. For me personally, scrolling things like Instagram actually gives me anxiety. Like, I can't explain it. It makes my heart and rate go up. anxiety makes you exhausted. It makes you exhausted. When, when I'm scrolling, yeah. like, Instagram, my heart rate will go up. And my brain, like I said, will feel like it's melting because it's absorbing all this shit that is just not healthy. Not that I'm presenting brand new information or anything like I know there's countless studies that have been done on how social media contributes to anxiety but your brain needs food too and social media is the equivalent of junk food essentially yes that's a good comparison 
Yeah, I follow this girl on TikTok, and I know it's counterproductive to tell you to watch a TikToker after I'm like, <laughs> stop using social media, but her name is Iris Daly, and she makes videos all about energy that I think are super interesting. I agree with most of what she says, and she said um, in one of her TikToks, your brain needs healthy food too, and you can't fill it up with garbage, and she also talks about how everything is essentially an energy exchange, which is why she tries to cook her own food as much as possible. And she mentions the importance of not eating what she calls dead food, such as like processed food, and to eat things that are alive. And I think that all ties back pretty nicely and just to the fact that we're all connected to the earth. I think energy could be a whole nother episode. Oh my gosh, we have so many topics that I mentioned (laughs) that are going to be other episodes. We should also mention that because we don't really hold a lot of value to our earth's ecosystems, we're destroying them. And without them we're not going to be able to survive. And it's really scary to think about that something that can give us so much that we just take advantage of it and we so don't appreciate much. it. We take advantage of everything the earth has to offer us. I mean, we always knew that it gave us, you know, water and food and all that. But now we, we're realizing, oh, it also helps our mental health. Like It helps us in every aspect of our lives. So last week when we tried to wrap up this podcast, we said we were going to wrap it up about 12 different times, and then we ended up going on 12 different tangents. So hopefully (laughs) we can wrap it up quicker this week. Yeah, I think we're going to do a better job. Yes. But basically, you don't have to go on a yoga retreat in another state or go horseback riding in the mountains to receive all of the benefits that nature has to offer. You know, the next time you're outside, just take a deep breath and breathe the fresh air a little deeper. Or visualize your happy place in nature the next time you take a still moment to yourself. And if you're not taking still moments to yourself, you should start. Because there are answers in the stillness. There are answers in nature. You just have to pay attention. The next time you're feeling down or anxious, maybe try one of these practices. I'm hoping more people will realize the benefits of connecting to nature and that it will lead to the conservation of land and natural resources. Because without it, we don't exist. Plus, nature is real. Yeah. <laughs> nature is real you can touch it <laughs> <laughs> right, hold on. nature is real social media isn't so just choose where you want to put your attention exactly truer words could never be spoken you're so wise thank you <laughs> you can choose every single day what you look at you can choose what kind of information you're taking in you can choose how you want to spend your time and i know exactly. free time is very valuable so Use it wisely. And it's baby steps all the way. Just do some, just change something about your routine every day. And eventually you'll get to where you want to be. And last week, a lot of the changes we were encouraging people to make were kind of more about, oh, if you do less of this, it will help the earth, which is great. But this is more for you. This isn't about, obviously, we have to save the earth. But yeah. this is just thing like, it's your own health that you're going to impact when you make these changes yeah so do whatever you feel that you need to do it it doesn't matter if anyone thinks that it's weird or someone tells you oh like why do you do that like who cares just do what you want to do and be your little hippie self (laughs) who's gonna say ew you went for a walk loser (laughs) well if they are saying that geez but i don't know i no, some people think that like meditating and stuff is oh stupid. my gosh when i started meditating i actually felt so weird about it i thought exactly i thought like who do i think i am do i think i'm some kind of like yeah don't who cares do it feels good 
Yeah, it might seem unnatural at first, but and it only it will seem it. unnatural at first because we've been so conditioned yeah, to do society. what's unnatural. <laughs> what we're doing now is what's unnatural, and we've just been doing it our whole lives, so we don't know. Do it feels good. Everything on this planet is connected, and reconnecting to we're your roots connected. is very important. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you took something away from it. Yeah, thank you. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Secrets in Nature, and follow us on Instagram at Secrets in Nature Podcast. And send it to your friends. And if you could leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, that actually really helps get us um, more views and bumps us up. So if you like it, just leave a review. If you don't like it, and if you don't Don't like it, don't leave a review. (laughs) But thanks for your time, regardless. (laughs) Go outside and smile and take a deep breath and enjoy your day. See you next week. Bye.